the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. We're going to start teaching the book of 1 John. Let's pray. And Father, we pray that you would just help me now to teach through this book. And we pray, Lord, that you would have your way. I pray, Lord, that the people of God would uh, study the notes. Father, apart from you, I can do nothing. So help me to teach now in the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. We want you to open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and begin to take notes. 1 John 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The scripture says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach uh, this evening the test of true fellowship. The test of true fellowship. By way of introduction, the Apostle John had to confront false teachers head on after the church in Asia Minor found itself under attack by those who denied the humanity of Christ. We can affirm that there's nothing new under the sun as we face a great offensive attack against Christ the family unit, and the church in our day. Behold the Supreme Court's decision legalizing same-sex marriage. While many anti-Christian organizations and influential people are attempting to remove the Ten Commandments and anything that represents Christ from public places. Regretfully, the world and sexual immorality have encroached and are widespread in so many of our churches today. There are those who even claim to be the church who are now sanctioning and ordaining 
clergy who are homosexual and transgender to prominent leadership positions within the so-called church and also performing same-sex marriages. My friend, Satan is seeking to destroy Christians. He's making an all-out attack against the church and the family. The church and the family is the bedrock of society. The church and the family is the foundation of society. In fact, many involved in promoting and deciding the outcome of these sinful decisions such as these believe and would argue they are doing God's will and are indeed walking in fellowship with him. Can this be true? We must stand in opposition to such delusion and heresy and be willing to stand firm and fight for the advancement of the gospel, which is our only hope in the times in which we live. The universal church is not making the impact she should be making in a world filled with people who are headed to a Christless eternity. And the reason the church is not making the impact she should be making is because the church has become soft. The church has become timid. The church has become afraid of the repercussions uh, from those who hate Christ, from those who hate the gospel, and from those who hate the Bible. The church today lacks commitment. The church today lacks enthusiasm. Where is the fire in the Lord's church? Where is holiness in the Lord's church? Where is the passion? People say they love God. Well, where's the passion? The children of the devil sure know how to have their fellowship together. And they sure know how to enjoy the pleasures of this world for a season. They get drunk together. Children of the world, they share drugs together. Oh, they unified. They have their fellowship. Uh, they do any form of, of, of sex together. The world and those who live in darkness, they tell dirty jokes together. They run the streets all night together. They cuss together, gamble together, go to strip clubs together, and even look at pornography together. Whereas many Christians who say they love Christ and are on their way to heaven have little to no fellowship with other believers. Many Christians cannot sing in the unity of the spirit, cannot serve in harmony together, do not have peaceful church meetings. Churches are torn up in business meetings. And many Christians, sadly to say, they prefer not to even sit next to one another. Where alcoholics drink out of the same bottle. Amazing. Many congregants criticize each other gossip about each other, fuss and fight with each other, which grieves the Holy Spirit. The question for the Lord's church is, where is genuine fellowship with the Lord and his people? Where is genuine fellowship with the Lord and his people? The fact of the matter is that the church is overpopulated with many self-deceived saints who fellowship in the darkness of this world while misrepresenting Christ by hypocritically wearing the label of a Christian. Many so-called Christians, they have a religious walk without a righteous walk. 
while never experiencing genuine fellowship with the Lord. God desires us to have authentic fellowship with him. He desires us to have authentic, genuine fellowship with other believers. And God desires us to enjoy fellowship with each other to the glory of God. The world should know we are Christians by our love for one another. The world should know that we are Christians by our love for one another. We've been talking about fellowship. So with that being said, what is fellowship? What is fellowship? The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. Say koinonia. That's K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Koinonia, which means sharing. Koinonia means partnership. Koinonia means to have in common. It means fellowship. It means partnership. It is to have in common. Those who receive Jesus Christ become partners with him and other believers. I want everybody with the Bible to turn to Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47. Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47. I believe this is one of the greatest passage on Cornelia. This is one of the greatest passages on fellowship. If you want to know a passage about fellowship, you hear the word fellowship. Well, if you want to know about it, here's a wonderful text. To me, it's the premium text on Koinonia. So again, the Greek word for fellowship is Koinonia, which means sharing. It means partnership or to have in common. Let's look at uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And it says, And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship. Every time we see fellowship, the word fellowship, or if it's implied even, we're going to underline it. They, They were fellowshipping in the word of God, the apostles' doctrine, teaching and fellowship. Right now we are fellowshipping in the word of God. To the breaking of bread and prayer. They fellowship in the breaking of bread. Fellowship in holy communion. And I'm just, um, I'm just uh, amazed how so many Christians uh, take comfort in not coming to holy communion on first Sunday evenings. Not taking the Lord's Supper for many months. And Jesus has commanded us to do this in remembrance of him. We didn't save ourselves. We couldn't save ourselves. But he said the least you could do in, in giving gratitude is to come to the Lord's table and recognize uh, what he has done for us on Calvary. And it's soon imminent return and be thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ and how we were, were redeemed and bought with the price. Amen. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship. And breaking of bread, that's the Lord's Supper. And prayer. We, we just, we just came out of a prayer gathering. We fellowshipping together as believers in prayer. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. We ought to be praying at home. We ought to be praying individually. We ought to be praying collectively as a church. There is power in prayer. Little 
prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. You want to be a powerful, explosive Christian to the glory of God? Then fill your life up with prayer. Prayer works and it indeed changes things. The early church fellowship with breaking of bread and to prayer. Verse 43. And everyone, look at, look at this. They didn't have little clicks. They operated in the unity of the spirit. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. They were amazed when they came. They were full of anticipation of what God was about to do or what he has done or what he is doing. They were excited. Where is your excitement for Christ? They were in awe. When is the last time you left the church and you were just in awe at what you experienced in the fellowship of believers that particular day? Or that Sunday or that Wednesday, you were in awe at what transpired as, as the word of God was opened and explained, or as the, as the music and the words just brought you or ushered you into the presence of God. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Miracles, signs, and wonders were be, were taking up were taking place amidst the church. You know why they had miracles? You know why supernatural workings were happening? You know why people got a breakthrough? You you know why God was at work in a mighty way? It's because they were committed to doing what God had told them to do. They, they, they were faithful to the word. They were faithful to Holy Communion. They were faithful to fellowship. They were faithful to prayer, which resulted in God working in the midst of his people. Some people come to the church, don't expect, they don't even expect God to move. They're not even excited. They're just humdrum saints. They look sad, sing sad, talk sad, no vision. And yet they're going to heaven. God says, why I should let you up here looking like that? You gonna mess up heaven. I mean, you, you, you need to get excited about who God is and what he has done for you. Do I have a witness out there? And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles, these men of God. Verse 44. And all those who had believed were together. They were together. Fellowship. They were together. They weren't divided. They didn't have cliques. They didn't have the power struggle. They weren't being political. They weren't networking. They weren't promoting their business. Their business was about reaching people to Christ. Not trying to make a dime off of them. All those who had believed were together in the unity of the spirit and had all things in common. 
That's fellowship. Remember, I said a fellowship means sharing, partnership to have in common. Here it is. Had all things in common. That's fellowship. Verse 45. And they began looking. Now, you know, you you know, the Lord has a hold of you when you execute uh, verse 45. Y'all laughing already. And they began to sell their property and possessions. Huh? And were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. They even took their property, their possessions, and they didn't just sell it for personal income. They sold it to take the proceeds to give to those who had need or who were in need. But last time you heard somebody say, well, you know, I sold some property and every dime of it is going to go to meet the needs of those uh, who are destitute. Wow. Verse 46, verse 46. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, day by day. Now, we can't get y'all, many, many saints to come to church once a week. Day by day? What if we say, you know what? Um, at Maranatha, God has put on my heart, we're going to have church for about an hour and a half every day um, at 6 o'clock in the evening. I wonder how many of y'all would be here. It might be me and Sister Draper and a couple others. Day by day. Day by day. Day by You can't get folk to even come on Sundays. Folk who say they love the Lord, they can't come four Sundays in a row. They skip Sundays. Every other Sunday, well, every third Sunday, once a month, uh, once a month ministry. You know, once I, 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 what is wrong with you? When you're excited about God, you can't wait to come to the house of God. I mean, the spirit of God is just bubbling over in in you to the glory of God, sharing all things as anyone might have need. And day by day, continue with one mind. They were the same mind. They they wouldn't divide it in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. I mean, they 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 had worship and fellowship and communion in in the homes. Who's come to your house? Who's been to your house? When you really have fellowship, the fellowship is just not exclusive to the church. I mean, when you really love God's people, some of those people ought to be able to crack the door of your house sometime. If some of y'all been uh, been saved 30 years and have one person been to your house. One person. My house too small. My house, I don't have enough chairs. I don't, I don't have. And all, come on, get over it. I, I wish you can go to Uganda with me and see those little homes and to see how they all crumble around little tables. And, and the homes were small and we were around there eating beans and rice and chicken and chicken legs and all that and, and the feet and all that stuff too. And goats and, you know, no telling what all you're eating over there. And, but you know what? Those little houses, when God's in them, all of a sudden, we were, we were tight, but we had a lot of room because the fellowship was so big in that little house. Amen. The fellowship made that house bigger. That's right. Made, made your house, maybe that's what's wrong. Uh, you need to open your house up and, 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 and be a blessing. And be a blessing. Well, my house, uh, my furniture is old. They're, folk coming to your house, is not, they're not house inspectors. 
I see a little spot of dust over there. You should have caught that dust. With you. Give them a rag. <laughs> if they're concerned about that spot of dust over in the corner, give them a broom. Say, have at it. Sweep it until you're satisfied. Then let's come back and re-engage in discussion. Amen? Oh, God. <laughs> Breaking bread. From house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. You know, they didn't, they didn't have fellowship. And then time the folk left out, I'm so glad they're gone. I don't know what to do. You know, they start talking about, did you see that? And now she could have worn something better than that. Ooh, he can eat. <laughs> Just dog them out after they're gone. I mean, wait a minute now. You didn't, you didn't really fellowship. I mean, you could wait till they go out of the door. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? No, no, no. Wasn't they sweet? Wasn't it wonderful? Wasn't it a joy to have them in our home? Our home is, is more blessed because of having them in our home. Weren't they gracious people? Weren't they loving? Wasn't they kind? It was just sweet being there. I just wish I could have stayed there another three hours. That's where you know the spirit is working and it's, and it's good. Amen? And by the way, if you say you know the Lord, and the Lord's in you, you ought to have something on your house, that in your house, that, that people know that you're born again. Amen. Yeah, that's right. You ought to have a cross up there. You ought to have the Ten Commandments. Or you ought to have John 3, 16, some scriptures. And uh, won't y'all say amen? amen. Some, of y'all got, some of y'all got the wrong stuff. Y'all got a lot of, you got... Uh, I don't know what you got. <laughs> Maybe the Lord don't want me to say it. <laughs> Clean your house up. Put put uh put 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 some Christian things. On, I mean, some really nice things. That that stuff that's gonna scare folk. Not controversial stuff, huh? I mean, I mean, there ought to be sometimes we. I, I, a salesman came into our home. That we were doing business with, and he, he took us home, and he came in our house. He said, "I just, I just sense peace in this place." That's what, that's what he said. I sense peace in this place. I, I sense tranquility. He just walked in there and just looked. He said, "This is a peaceful place," and that's where he ought to be. When your people walk in there, they know it's something different about your house. But they can't say that if you don't let them in. <laughs> you got to let them in. But you got all that technology. Y'all can look at them on the on the screen of your cell phone. Oh no, they ain't coming in here. <laughs> oh my! Where is the cornonia? Where is the fellowship? Look, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Verse forty-seven. Praising God. They were worshiping God in those homes. Honoring God. Singing praises. The reading of, of the scriptures and, 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 and ministering and testimonies and all of these things. And having favor with all people. And the Lord was, look, and the Lord was adding to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. You need to underline that. The Lord was adding to the church. I can't add to the church. The Lord, now you, you're to go 
out and be fishers of, of men, women, boys, and girls, bring them to church, but it's the Lord that has to move the heart. You can't convert the heart. Now, you can bring the people, but you can't bring the transformation. The Lord has to do that. Amen? I'm not God. You're not God. I mean, God has to do the work of, of conversion in that heart. The early church had all of the necessary qualities for genuine fellowship. They had all of the necessary qualities for genuine fellowship. And that's critical for God to move and for souls to be saved. The church today must possess the same qualities. The same. It doesn't matter whether you Lutheran, Episcopal, Baptist, Pentecostal, non-denominational, whatever you are. All the churches, they may have different names, different denominations or whatever. They ought to have the same qualities, the same traits if they are the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must possess the church. You say, what, what are some of those qualities? We need unity in the church. That's what the first church had. That needs to be unity in the church. If you fight and kill each other in here, uh, well, then people say, why should I stay here? I haven't, I'm trying to get away from that in my own home. And then you come to church and they fighting too. I had one lady tell me at the bank, I was just witnessing to her, trying, uh, telling her about Jesus and asked her what church she went to. She said, I don't go to church anymore. I said, and she said it kind of harshly. I said, why, why don't you go to church anymore? She said, I've been to four and they all fought. I give up. I'm tired of fighting. I don't have to go to church to see another fight. I went to one church. They fought. I went to another one. They fought. I went to another one. They fought. I went. He said, I quit. That You're right. That is sad. That is sad. And the cults will get them and love them in. And sweet talk them and brainwash them and mess them up. But they know how to treat them. They know how to respect them. You know, they know how to minister to them at the expense of wrong doctrine. It's time for the church universal to stop fussing, stop fighting, and realize it's the lowest church. If, if a decision is made that you don't like, Get over it and trust God and realize at the end of the day, it's his church. It's his church. And he's going to take care of his church. Amen. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.